Isaiah 42. See my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens, who stretches them out, who spread out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the Gentiles. To open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare before they spring into being. I announce them to you. Uh, Please pray with me. Gracious Father, again, as we look to you, we ask that you would teach us, that you would reveal to us these new things that you are doing the things that you are doing in our world, in our church in our lives Father we long to hear you speak so we pray that your spirit might come and take your word and use it to open our blind eyes so that we might see your glory and we pray this in Jesus name Amen. Many people have nicknames and some have former, formal aliases. Uh, authors, movie stars, celebrities, criminals all use pseudonyms and other names for different purposes. Here are three men who used aliases for different reasons. The first one, Robert Leroy Parker. He was a famous early American outlaw. Do you need more clues? Can somebody tell me? Let me tell you the name of his sidekick. His partner in crime was Harry Alonzo Longabath, a.k.a. Sundance Kid. Anyone? Butch Cassidy. Number two will be easier for you. That's an ancient one. An easier one is this young man, Stephen Dimitri Giorgio. He has two aliases. Anyone? Cat Stevens and Yusuf Islam. 
You may think you know this man. You may think you know this man. But did you know that Donald Trump in the past in business used three names? John Barron, John Miller and David Dennison. Throughout Isaiah, uh, we have been introduced to a mysterious character who has gone by various names. He's been shown to us as the branch, the holy seed, the great light, a, a child, a son who goes by the names of Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This character is also called the Root of Jesse, which in the same verse becomes banner, sign, rallying point for the nations. This mysterious person has a work to do that will be for the whole of God's people, all of God's people in every nation. Here he is identified as my servant, my servant, my chosen one, who is upheld and delighted in. His introduction is meant to alert us to a great contrast. If you can cast your eyes back to the end of chapter 41, and you see in verse 29, at the end verse there, see, they are all false. Their deeds amount to nothing. Their images are but wind and confusion. All the people of all the nations are paralyzed by idols. They are enthralled. They are besotted. And and they take great delight in things that have no eternal value. They have failed to worship God alone. They love their own creations and not God. In other words, Isaiah is saying, see your darkness, see your predicament, see your plight. And then in verse 1 of chapter 42, see my servant. Now in the NIV it's got, here is my servant, but it should be see my servant to strike up that contrast, see your plight, see my servant, see the gloom of darkness that envelops you, see my servant who brings light, see your lostness, see my servant, see your weakness and your inability and your hopelessness, see my servant who is your only hope. See my servant. Verse 2, I put my spirit on him. And we've seen this before. In chapter 11, verse 2, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. Counsel. Wonderful counselor. Might. Mighty God. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord and he will delight in the fear of the Lord unlike all the people the servant of the Lord will delight in God 
The Lord delights in him and he delights in the Lord. Can you say that you delight in God? You delight in God? Do you have any sense that God delights in you? Today, God delights in you. A little later in the service, we know that Tom's going to give his profession of faith. When you have a chat with Tom about what God is doing in his life and what God's doing at at school and at camps, it won't take long to see the delight in his face. But again, what about you? You take delight in the living God. After we're introduced to the servant and we see the closeness of this relationship with God, we are told of his task. In verse 1, he will bring justice to the nations. Verse 3, in faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. And then at the end of uh, verse 4, till he establishes justice on the earth. The word justice here is, it's a a kingly word. It's a a royal word. Uh, God and his servant are making royal decrees authoritative statements to the nations about what will happen. This servant will bring justice to all nations, not just to little Judah and Israel, not just to great Assyria and Babylon, but to all the nations. This servant will not only bring justice, but he will establish justice on the earth. He's going to do a transformative work so that justice is seen in everything. We love justice, don't we? We cry out for justice when we've been wronged. We want wrongs to be put right. But do we love justice when we've been unjust? Do we love justice when we've offended, when our words have cut deep, when our actions have inflicted injury or loss? I think deep down, none of us want just pure justice. I think deep down, we all want justice that is tempered with mercy. Is this what the servant will offer? Is this what the servant will establish? The servant will bring and establish justice without fanfare. Without fanfare. Verse 2. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. He will be quiet and humble. He will be compassionate to the extreme. The beginning of verse 3. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. He carries himself with a gentleness. 
He has a heart for those who, who are frail and unwanted. He, he treats them with dignity and brings comfort to the weak, to the little, to the lost, to the lonely. He comes with faithfulness in verses 3 and 4. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged until he establishes justice on the earth. His faithfulness leads to persistence and to perseverance. He's going to do whatever it takes to make this happen, to get the job done. Because of the servant's humility, compassion, gentleness, faithfulness and perseverance, he holds out hope. And this hope is grasp. Verse 4, at the end there, in his teaching... The islands will put their hope. Hope is offered. Uh, This hope of undeserved favour. The hope of justice tempered with mercy. The islands here represent distant unknown nations. Like Australia. This is all the world. The Gentiles. Us. This is what we are offered. Justice. Tempered with mercy. The servant is the key to all of this. Can you turn over to the end of verse 6? I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. A covenant for the people. A a contract, an agreement. This servant is the covenant. This servant is the agreement for us. In other words, this is a one-sided contract where the promise... And the fulfilment are seen in the one person. The promise and the fulfilment go together and are sealed with the seal of God. Extraordinary. He does it all. He fulfills both sides of the covenant himself. Well, is this possible? It looks as though it is because God is committed to his servant. He's committed to his covenant. Let's look at the scope of this commitment. The servant is called by God and called in righteousness. Again in verse 6. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. Now that's exactly what we need for someone bringing justice. We need God's hand on them and for them to be righteous. God in taking his hand gives us the idea that 
God is over all of this, over all of this process. As God guides him and keeps him, we can take great confidence in this servant. And this is especially so because the servant is enabled to do great things, to open the eyes that are blind, uh, to free captives from prison, to release from the dungeon those who are lost in darkness. Who is making this commitment? Who is doing this enabling? Verse 8, I am, that is my name, I will not yield my glory to another. I am, that is my name, I will not yield my glory to another. This is the one who revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush. The great I am who delivered his people from slavery in Egypt through acts of mighty power. The one who sustained and guided them in their wanderings. The ever-present I am who was with them in exile and who brought them back from exile. He was, he is, he ever will be. He alone is God. He will do this. He will bring justice through his servant. It's almost like God is doing it all himself. God speaking in verse 16. I will lead the blind by by ways that they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the, the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. God will not be deterred. This will happen. This has happened. And the reaction, the reaction to this great news should be, as it is in verses 10 to 12, praise with raised voices, rejoicing, shouting from the mountaintops, giving glory to God. This also should be accompanied by a deepening faith, a deepening trust in God's faithfulness. This is good news for all. But sadly, in verse 17, we see that some turn their backs and so are turned back in other shame because they choose to love idols. They choose to love false gods. They choose to love themselves above God. Well, I've told you uh, about this servant, but I haven't named him. But I suspect already you know, despite his many aliases. You know that he did indeed come as a child, a son. And he was given the name Emmanuel, God with us. You know he delighted in God and God delighted in him. 
God said, this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. You know, he displayed almost unbelievable compassion to all in need. Giving sight, giving freedom, giving forgiveness, giving life. You know of his humility. He didn't shout out in the streets boasting about his power to heal and to forgive. No, often he said, go and tell no one. He showed his humility in his actions. You know he took up that basin and that towel. You know that he washed the feet of his friends who would deny and betray him. Oh yes, he did cry out once. He did cry out. It is finished. It is accomplished. It's done. The covenant was sealed with his blood. He did it all, fulfilling both sides of the contract for you. Being the Holy One, he also bore all our sin. He fulfilled both sides of the contract and that was sealed by God when on the third day, you know what happened. You know of his faithfulness to the task of bringing justice and his determination, his perseverance to go to that cross so that it could be tempered with mercy. You know that he can bring light to your darkness. You know that he can take your current burdens. Because he has already borne the weight of the sin of the world. You know him. You know this servant. Will we choose to love him? Will we choose to serve him? To serve with him to establish God's justice on the earth? As we come to the Lord's Supper soon, again we will see justice and mercy meet. May we be seeking to know and to love him more deeply. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, thank you for sending your servant. Thank you for making it clear to us. Continue to make it clear each day. Open our hearts and enliven our minds so that we might love and delight in the Lord Jesus and serve with him each and every day of our lives. To you be the glory. Amen.